Welcome back to Honestly Alicia, where you will find stories and conversations that inspire and inform. I'm excited to share the second part of my interview with John DeYoung. He shares more of his powerful story and how he turned his pain into purpose. This man has multiple nonprofits. He does anti-human trafficking work. Even his for-profit company is doing humanitarian work by bringing clean water to 46 different countries. If you haven't listened to part one of my interview with John, go back and check it out. For now, enjoy part two. Well, let's transition. I wanted you to have a chance to share about some of the work that you do. How did you get into the anti-human trafficking um, realm? And how did you get connected with India? And are, you know, I'm thinking those things are going to be overlapping. So just share what you do. Yeah. um, Presently, right now, I have a small water filtration company called Vivo Blue. And so we actually have manufactured um, a very purpose- um, designed water filter for the poor around the world, which is tied into my ministry in India, which mm-hmm. is, you know, tied into all the little things. I mean, if you think about water, I think about how interesting God is. He plucks me off the street of Suwan, and now I'm doing water for little orphans and children's and, right. you know, widows. And I'm like, huh, hmm. that's interesting. It's full circle. Full circle there <laughs> a little bit. So that's right presently the way I pay my bills and all that. I have a, a for-profit manufacturing company. We're helping Ukraine right now, doing a lot of other things around the world, a lot of disaster relief. We're in about 46 countries. Mm-hmm. Um, Can you describe it? Is it like the life straw? Like what is it? Or are you putting it's, it on a bucket? Yeah. So it's a small filter. It's about five inches long. Um, and it goes into any water container, whether it's a bucket or not. We, we you know, we have a bucket. So like, let's say a, a family in the slums of Calcutta, that's where our ministry is, mm-hmm. wants clean water. The slum water is disgusting. Yeah. And uh, we, it's a small filter, so you just go buy a bucket in the market mm-hmm. for a dollar fifty. You punch a little hole in it, and my filter has tubing that connects to that hole in a spigot. Okay, and, and we'll you, link that. Um, yep. Yeah, your website. Right. Wonderful. To the yeah. Show no- and show notes. then they can put the slum water in the top bucket, and it filters it perfectly clean. Okay, and so, then it's drinkable. And it's drinkable. Yeah. So we've been able to do that. So what we discovered quickly is that, hey, this is great for disaster relief. So when the hurricane hit yes. Haiti, we sent 2,000 filters down there. Yes. When her, when things happened in the Philippines, we sent filters over there. When the war Ukraine happened, we've sent 6,700 filters to Ukraine for right. the military, the refugees, homes, churches, community centers. We even gave hundreds of filters to a um, teen pregnancy center. Met the founder, and she was like, we would have no water because the uh, right. infrastructure has been blown up. Yeah. I'm like, I got all these filters uh, in the truck. You want some? Oh she goodness. goes, yeah. So yes. I was just like, so it was. That, so that's been a really cool uh, component of that. But to talk about my two nonprofits, Momentum Global and Shift AI, um, it all started when I came to Valor. Mm-hmm. So in 2007, I came to Valor to... Uh, and that's a Christian Valor, high school, Valor and Christian that's how school. we met you. Yep. Because both my kids... Danced yep. with you because you taught there. Lots and, of musical theater and everything. mentored them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was fun. Good yes. years, good years, good kids. Yes, really, really good kids. Very not only just talented, but willing to grow. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing. As an as a child, I'm not sure I was willing to grow. I was willing to mm-hmm. do things, but I w- maybe wasn't willing to grow because I didn't know how to grow. That is, I so knew how to survive, uh-huh. but I don't know if I knew how to grow. But I wonder if you have to have an element of safety 
to grow. I don't grow. mean just physical safety. Mm-hmm. I mean actual felt safety. Yeah. So you, as soon as you were in your parents' home, you were safe. Yeah. But did you feel safe? Probably not for Probably a long time. Not. Mm-hmm. Um, to give you an example of that, let me. Uh, I didn't feel safe even with, let's say, something small as food security. Yes. And it, and it was exasperated a little bit by the way my mother may have disciplined me and... And probably controlled, controlled it. it. Yes, right? that she was knew. something we learned early on. And yep. we have always made food accessible for anybody in the home. Yep. If you need to sleep with it, you can sleep with it. If you need it in your room, right. please don't make a big mess, <laughs> which has not always worked out. Yeah. But yep. but that's because I was educated. Yeah. And your mom didn't get that education. And not. so, yeah, of course, yeah. you'd be like... Well, don't. Yeah. Dinner time is over. Boom. Mm-hmm. There you go. You're See, done. exactly it. So that that is to the T. It's like, hey, if you are in trouble, you don't eat dinner. So my mother would mm-hmm. catch me in the garbage can at two a.m. Yeah, and course. I'm eating the food out of the garbage. Well, that was normal for me. Yeah. So you know, you think about that food security, and then you're saying, you know, yes, physical safety isn't like known safety. Yeah. Right. I didn't. So um, in that sense, so I didn't. I probably didn't fully wrap myself around safety for a few years. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure my mother and I struggled through that quite a bit. She using food as a control mechanism. Yeah, for the behavior modification. For the behavior yeah, modification. Of course. And, and that would be normal, you know, I guess. But maybe know? not for a kid that has starved. Yes, but mm-hmm. not for a child that is like eating rats on the street yeah. or something like yeah. that. Or, you know, that's something that I've reflected back on and mm-hmm. go, hmm. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. That's a fascinating uh, a component of my story. Yes. So I've so I've understood. Now I understand the story. Mm-hmm. I have uh, not only knowledge of it, but I have an acceptance of it. Mm-hmm. I've I've translated correctly. I think now, mm-hmm. and I know how to move forward from that. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, so yeah, it's it's it takes a while. Yeah, but, <laughs> right. And again, since you aren't going to share how old you are, yeah, you're not 22. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> it long takes a long time. time. It yeah. takes a long time. Yes. So in 2007, yeah. I come to Valley Christian High School. That year, um, the missions director Terry Adams says, "Hey, John, you want to go to India?" If for some reason, at that moment, I was like, "Where's India?" Because I thought it was like attached to Africa or something. I was just so <laughs> uneducated. Oh, I forgot to tell you, everyone. I uh, I dropped out of college too. So, that's <laughs> all right. But um, and so I go to India in two, summer of two thousand eight, leading our first India trip. That's where God really took a hold of my heart for His love for like the world. Yeah. Right. And not just lo- America. Not just America. <laughs> and it felt like to me, not to say that He has favorites because that's not His character. Right. But man, he really loves those little children. So I couldn't imagine how much he loves just like every, like it just started calibrating some right. new things for me. I really saw and experienced and felt the Holy Spirit in children hmm. that mess with me. That really mess with me because these are kids in Mm -hmm. the slums. Yeah, were these street kids? Were these street kids, Uh yeah. So that was really interesting. Mm -hmm. So in 2014, so then from 2008 to 2014, we were going to India every year. And then, you know, my 10 years at Valor from 2008 um, to 2018 when I retired, I had led over 28 short-term mission Mm -hmm. trips through Valor. So I just fell in love with ministry and missions. And 
exposing and experiencing and drawing kids closer to God through these types of trips. Yes. In 2014, the pastor in India who we've been going to for many, many years, Mahadeb, was like, hey, his nonprofit was losing funding mm-hmm. and they were going to shut down his ministry. Mm-hmm. And we could let that happen because we love the, you know, the Mahadeb and Rita and their whole yeah. kids and the ministry. And they were working with about 35 children. And um, so I came back to America. We prayed about it. And um, God just really poked my heart and said, you do it. You're like, because I, like, I got other stuff I'm doing. <laughs> kind of busy. I'm really busy right now. Yeah. He's like, you do it. And so I came back, called a couple of friends up. I started a nonprofit. Like a week later, we raised a ton of money and we sent it. That's mm-hmm. all I did. I was like, you know what, Mahadev, I'll just send you the money. Yeah. And then he grew with the money that we gave him. Yeah. And then he kept, keeps on growing. So then every year I'm like, wait a minute, is this my job? Right. <laughs> How did this become my job? So, I already have a job. I already had a job. So with that being said, so going to India, I ended up working with an organization called Delete Freedom Network, DFN, um, and their executive director. And, and I it's started- Delete. Dalit? Dalit Freedom Network. And remind me what that means. So Dalit is a word uh, that is used. It really means uh, untouchable. So these are the untouchables of India. It's the lowest caste. The lowest caste system out there. So in the Hindu religion, um, there are five castes. And the sixth one is the Dalit. So, but the problem is, is they are below every caste, below the animals, below the insects. Now you're a Dalit. Yeah. So the caste system is built and designed to keep order, enslaving, um, slavery, uh, human trafficking, all those things. And that's what it's, that's what it's there to do. And it's also there to make a lot of money. And so when you're born in the Hindu uh, religion or in the Hindu, it is a religion, but when, you, when you're the born culture in the culture, too. yeah, because it's all, your it's not birth just certificate, the Yeah, your mm-hmm. birth certificate indicates your caste. No way. Yeah. It says on there. It says it on there. Yeah. So and you can't birth, move You castes? move through reincarnation. So okay. if you want to move up... You, you have to really, die. You have to die and do really, really well. And then you come back, maybe if the gods honor you, a higher caste. Whoa. The thing about the Dalits is because they're under the insects, they can never move up. Wow. So it creates a really interesting culture in India when you're born as a child that you will never be greater than, than a cockroach. Oh my goodness. No matter what how that well does to, to the your mind. mind. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so that's that's sort of that whole thing there. Then you look at the 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 brokenness of humanity wanting to always enslave somebody else, bully somebody else, yeah. control somebody else, power. power somebody else. Yeah, just have power over them. It creates a slave system that is really really hard to break. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why so many NGOs are working in India try to work through the caste system to work in anti-human in, in uh, anti-human trafficking and all of those types of things whether it's labor trafficking or sex trafficking. Right. Um, it's just a lot of work that needs to be done because you're talking the Dalits are over there are more Dalit in India than the whole population of the US. That's a lot of people to serve. 
Wow. Yeah. So there's about so the numbers go up and down. Right, but they'll say we're not talking twenty thousand. No, we're talking four hundred fifty million is sort of like where it lands. Whoa. You're talking a hundred million, a hundred million more than the U.S. and that's just the deletes. Right. Remember, there's five levels. Right. Of cast. Those other low casts aren't <laughs> that, exactly living large either. Yeah. Yeah. So there's mm-hmm. all that. So that's there's a lot to be doing over there. So in 2014, I had learned a little bit more about human trafficking in India through the Dalit Freedom Network. Um, and they are to free the Dalit and empower them to, you know, to have a to have a, a higher quality of life, yeah. but to also uh, um, bring the gospel to them, to to pull them out of the caste system. So that's an interesting thing I never really understood till later in my life, where the DFA, Dalit Freedom Network, was saying, John, when a Dalit or a or a uh, Indian steps out of the Hindu system, and they realize, oh. I want to follow Jesus. And I was created in the image of I was God. I'm just thinking that alone. They can walk on the planet outside the caste system. Yes. Now they get educated. Now they get jobs. And there are Indians who don't care about the caste system. Oh, really? Yeah. They and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. If you're smart, you're so educated. So you can still get hired. You can get hired. So wow. if you look but at so that, much of it is so, that yeah. mental and emotional you know, and psychological abuse of that's who I am. I'm lower am. than a cockroach. Now imagine you're a street boy or an orphan. Right. Right. Now that's another level. Now yeah. you're now you're like, okay, even even my parents or whatever it is don't want me. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it's a really, really it's so complex and we could talk about this for days mm-hmm. about the the the, the, the mental health or the spiritual, the soul health of these children that are not only dealing with the world's value system, now they're dealing with their own soul value system, right? right? And so you just got all of this stuff going on and it's just so whatever. I just so complex. And I get, I go, I've been to India 28 times. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, wait a minute, I learned something new. I'm going in two weeks again for a a while. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, wait, I'm going to learn something new again, God, you know, just open my eyes, show me your heart and let me, you know, come back. You know, let me let me learn for myself a little bit about me, more about you, and more about the people, and how can I serve them? Like, what 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 can we do to come alongside that one child that is, you know, dealing with um, all the things, mm-hmm. you know, and all the complexities, the weight, the trauma, the hurt, the pain, the crying at night, not getting food, the yeah. pain of hunger, the pain of water, pain of dirty water, where you just have diarrhea all the right. time. <laughs> But like you have that. to drink yeah. water, yeah. but it's making you sick. It's making you sick. And if you don't drink enough, if you don't drink enough good water, it will kill you. So mm-hmm. over close to four million children die a year because due to bad Is that water. India? No, that's the world everywhere. Right now. Yeah, okay. It's everywhere. Okay. Wow. So a lot of it's Indian Africa though. That's mm-hmm. that's where the most of the um, um, dirty water is and contaminated water. So in 2014, um, we took that money and we just helped Mahadeb. At the same time, I was asking him, what, what's, what's with this human trafficking thing? Like, mm-hmm. what, what, what's going on? So he's telling me a little bit more about it. I ended up going to a temple where they traffic young girls. It's a Hindu temple. Mm-hmm. In order to cleanse your sins, you have to have sex with a child, you know, stuff like that. In order what? To cleanse your sins, you have to have sex with a child. This temple. In this particular temple. In this temple. particular temple, mm-hmm. yeah. They have all these little, they're called, uh, I'm going to murder the, the uh, word, but they're called the Devadachis. Okay. I think, or the Duvadachis. It's okay. one of those things. Yeah. So they're temple uh, prostitutes, but they're children, 8, 10, 11, 12 years old um, in that. And so uh, men go in there and uh, to cleanse their sins of the year or the month or whatever mm-hmm. it is, they, they, they pay to have sex with these kids. 
And that's the temple I'm going to, and I'm seeing. I'm watching this father bringing in his two daughters. They might have been 11 and 8, but they were fully makeup. They had little white dresses on yes. to show that they were virgins, and they yes. were walking straight into the temple, and he walked out with money. And I was like, Mahadev, what just happened? Yeah, no. And You're like, like, yeah, this can't. I mean, it yeah. just gives me chills yeah. because you just think, you just want to run in there. But the system is set up. You system just is like, set up. If I would have run in, I would have been killed. I know, yeah. right? And I so know. you go, what do you but do? But to see it up close uh, is just it's, heartbreaking. It's, rough. it's rough. It's really rough. So um, I had taken a couple of Valor kids on a trip, and we went through the um, red light district of Sanagachi. Mm-hmm. And they got to meet teenagers their age who have been prostituting since young yeah so when they came back um some of them got really passionate about anti-trafficking and we also learned uh, and through that their curiosity they started studying what's going on with anti-trafficking in america yes what's happening in denver right some of the kids came to me and said mr de young you should um, inform everyone of all of these things. Mm-hmm. And I said... Uh, sure, I have a lot of free time. I'd love to <laughs> so here, here's, again, loving to mentor people and, 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 and springboarding. And I said, you know what? You guys started I'll fund it. Yes. And that's when we started Shift. Mm-hmm. So it was led by kids, uh-huh. you know? And then it became a thing again. It did. <laughs> I know. And it grew. So that's sort of where we're at. And then and, and it grew. Um, Shift AI right now is a little bit on the back burner because I'm, I'm running my a water company. Momentum mm-hmm. Global has gone from 30 kids to 600 kids from one school to six schools from, you know, all the things since 2014. And God's been just blessing the the heck out of it. And we have been able to bring over 60 NGOs that deal are working in this space mm-hmm. of anti-trafficking and fatherlessness. That's the other one that yes. sort of came along with yeah. that, which I thought was really neat. Um, we worked with uh, the FBI for mm-hmm. education. We work with the local sheriff's department to mm-hmm. just be educated. Yeah. Um, and then the hope and dream is is that Shift AI will be able to develop a um, software or an app that will help educate families because that's where it all comes from, right? It's the right families. at home. At right. Home. What we do wanna, you? We want to get into the home. Yes. How do you? Protect your kids. How do you educate your kids? Exactly. When they go to the mall. Yep. When what, they get what, online. Yeah. On well, for sure yeah. online. Yes. Yep. A hundred percent. Yeah. But then I'm even just thinking, like, if they're out, how do they know when they're young at 11, 12? Right. How do you educate them? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like so. So. How okay. do you educate the parents? Yeah. I just remember this. Uh, two weeks ago, I took my son out on a uh, uh, son and daddy date, and there was a girl at Belmar. Mm-hmm. Sitting there, um, fully makeup with a parachute, might have been 18, 19, 20, something mm-hmm. like that. College kid, probably yeah. sitting outside Belmar by Wasabi. Mm-hmm. And Elijah's running around. We had, we, you know, we just had some sushi and, um, and uh, we're running around and he's laughing. He says hi to her. She says hi. Yeah. And she's on the phone. She's looking around. And I'm looking around, and mm-hmm. she's looking around, and she's on the phone, and she's talking to someone. She hangs up. She calls on me back, and they hang up. She's talking on the phone. So I, I thought to myself, I'm just going to stay here and, and watch. see what's going on. And about 20 minutes later, she gets a text. Now, she could have been on a date or whatnot, and she gets up, and she goes to another table. And I'm like, 
Now someone's watching her. Mm. Whether it's her pimp or whatever, or texting, she's texting the buyer or whatnot. Mm-hmm. So Elijah's running around, and I just felt completely compelled to go talk to her. <laughs> so I just walked up. I said, "Hey, you okay?" She looked at me. She goes, "It's none of your business." And I just, I just said, "Hey, you okay?" Mm-hmm. And she just looked at me, and she just looked at me, mm-hmm. and I said, "Can I help you?" Mm-hmm. And anyway, and she just looked, and she just was like looking at me. And you can see the conflict. Yes. Will she be safe if she yeah. says, I do need help? Yeah. Nope. She wasn't going to say that, mm-hmm. right? And so someone's watching her. And I just said, hey, just, just so you know, you always have a choice. You mm-hmm. always have a choice. Mm-hmm. And uh, you could just see the tear. And then she put her head down. And I walked away and uh, just watched her. And eventually she just got up. And walked yeah. away. So I don't know what happened right. in that sense. Um, that's sort of it. So, but, but Shift AI would love someday to be able to develop a free app that allows families to, to educate themselves, to educate their children, and learn sort of not to, not to use fear to drive mm-hmm. change or transformation in your family, but use education, wisdom, yeah. and caution yeah. and to, to go, oh, I didn't know that if my daughter or son is on this social media app, mm-hmm. that predators are also utilizing that to do these things. Yes. And you're like, oh, okay. So how do we open up those conversations at a younger age? That's another thing that we want to also walk mm-hmm. into because, but you know, if they're 16 years old and you're now trying to have the conversation, right. not, not that it's not, I mean, it's good. It's Still good. Have it, but maybe <laughs> five years before that. Yeah. Maybe you more like that. when they're 10 and uh-huh. 11 is where you yeah. want to start having these conversations about, uh, uh, you know, whatever. And that's sort of the, uh, thing. So yeah, that's yeah. sort of what shift does. And then momentum global is just growing. We are, uh, uh, just, I don't know, man, it just, I just, uh, I don't know, my heart just goes really warm when I think about mm-hmm. what Mahadeb is doing. Mm-hmm. You know, we're starting our first uh, leadership retreat, and we're going to do our leadership retreat in the next couple weeks. Mm-hmm. And um, if it goes well, we're going to invite all the pastors of Calcutta to just come and retreat with us and just rest. Yeah, rest. You know? Because they and pour out they, and they, they, they see they, they hard every all day. All the stuff. And so mm-hmm. I just see that. Okay, this is cool. This is really cool. Thank you so much <laughs> yeah, for taking thank you. time. Yeah, thanks. Yes. Awesome. It's time for a segment called What is Happening? And this time on What is Happening, it's just outtakes from my interview with John. Enjoy. My kid is all about monster trucks. <laughs> I, I never even thought of monster trucks in my life. Right. <laughs> really could care less. But Elijah wakes up and goes, Dada, what? Monster truck. Oh my goodness. Then he so goes to bed cute. with monster trucks. He's two years old. Does he sleep with them like he stuffed animals? Yeah. Uh-huh. So he yeah. sleeps. He doesn't sleep with a teddy bear. He doesn't right. sleep with the, the monster the, truck. But it's a monster truck. We're watching... Uh, you know, Grave Digger, El Toro Loco, all of the monster trucks mm-hmm. flipping in the air. Mm-hmm. Chris texted exciting. me yesterday yesterday saying, hey, you want to take him to a monster truck event? And I said, yes. 
He's You're doing, doing it. it? Yeah, we're going to do it someday. Yeah. We're going to go, we're going to find one. We're El Toro Loco. That's his number one. Um, he goes, <laughs> here's the other thing. This is really quick. This is something you can just, whatever. It's like, yeah. he, whenever he says the name of the monster truck, he does it like in a WWF voice. Please do it. He goes, Dada. El Toro Loco. Oh and so he does that constantly. That's I'm so like, cute. He's going to be an announcer. That's right. what he's yeah. going <laughs> to El Toro Loco. That's awesome. Yes. Right. Yeah. 2007, come to Valor Christian High School Sorry, to help. The dog, the dog farted so bad. Oh, just want to let you guys know the dog farted. Yeah, no, right I'm going to Next to Alicia. Delete that. And she is wafting her jacket to make sure it is dispersed right. evenly okay. toward me. <laughs> okay. Valor 2007. Yeah. If you have enjoyed the podcast, please share it with others or take a minute to give it some stars. This will help others to find the show and experience encouraging, life-giving, authentic conversations that remind them they are not alone in navigating this crazy world. Thanks for spending your valuable time listening in. Honestly, Alicia.